Hey, what's going on? Welcome back. It's Tap That AZ Podcast, the Arizona Craft Beer Podcast, and I'm your host, Eric Walters. Welcome back to the show. Hope you guys are having a great week, having a great day, and this episode was really cool. Voltron is just a cool name to begin with. Let's just start with that. It's a really cool name, Voltron. Voltron Brewing. I should ask them this. I don't know if I really asked them this. I don't know what the copyright aspect of that is. You'd think Voltron is is taken, right? If not. Who knows? It's a bold move by our friends in the in the South in Tucson. So we'll get we'll get into that in a second. Before we do that, huge shout out to my man Tyler Smith, aka Mister Kitsune Brewing Company, on launching his Kickstarter. He's found a place. I don't know if I can tell people that Tyler. I mean, you told me in confidence, but I guess maybe I, Tyler's found a place that he's in the process of of getting ready and he's doing a kickstarter so if you want to get on the ground floor of a really really cool brewery concept i hope the ramen's still part of this um tyler i know you probably told me but i forgot uh ramen and craft beer amazing hazy ipas and just everything that uh that kitsune is putting out is is fantastic so you might have remembered the name or heard the name kitsune if you're not 100% like, who is that? It's the brewery that is brewing, contract brewing out of Simple Machine on Deer Valley and 7th Avenue. And all its own can art, its own brand, Kitsune Brewing Company, Tyler Smith is just really doing some cool stuff. Really great guy. The, um, just love him. So if you want to go support Tyler, go check him out. Kitsune, that is K-I-T-S-U-N-E brewing company check them out on social media and you'll find a way to get to their kickstarter or you can go to kickstarter and look for katsune brewing company if you know how to find it right i'll put in the link of my instagram bio too see that's why things are so hard i could say go to the show notes and people are like how the, where the show notes actually i probably could put it in there is there a way to put a link in there if you know how to put a link in the show notes of a podcast please let me know i would like to do that <laughs> so Anyways, Tyler Smith, Kitsune Brewing Company. Go check it out. Kickstarter. It's not going to go on forever. I think it's another two, three, four weeks, something like that. So make sure you go and support Tyler in one way or another, even if it's a high five or a high five grand. Doesn't matter. Something. Okay? Okay. Now, the book, the Arizona Beer Book. We did a book a couple years ago, a year and a half ago, all focused on Arizona beer. And somebody... Actually, I don't know if, if this guy, this is Backyard Barbecue on Instagram. He posted a picture of Joe Max Stout and said, based on Tap.AZ recommendation, he tried it out and he loved it. He really, really loved Joe Max Stout from Renhouse. So I'm wondering, was it the Behind the Pint that he heard about it or was it from the beer book? Because the beer book is, that's what we do is we highlight, we highlight 37 places. It's 35 breweries plus Superstition Meadery and Cider Core. We tell a story about the place, not just, you know, the normal headline kind of, we, we touch on the history and things like that, but we try to dig a little bit deeper and give you some, some content that you're not going to see somewhere else. And we also, with each place, we matched up one of their drinks, one of their beers or their ciders or their meads, and we told the story of that. So for Cider Core, for example, we covered the Purple Heart, and that's the cider really has a real great story depth to it and really encompasses a lot of what cider core is doing so when you read the book 
and then you go in, we, our hope is that it amplifies that experience for you. And uh, these places, uh, most of these places sell them. So if you want to grab one at one of the tap rooms, do that. Or go to the ArizonaBeerBook.com and you can buy one. We'll send it to you. Now, let's get into this episode. This was really cool. Ayla, this was her first time on the podcast. And I'm a little ashamed of that. I think I talked about that right at the beginning. She's awesome. She is awesome. She's been doing great things for Arizona Beer far before I was around with this podcast. And she just continues to do that. Her and Savannah, her, her brewing partner at Borderlands. Then we had Adam from Firetruck. Adam was uh, formerly with another brewery down in Tucson, and he joined forces with Firetruck, taking over their brewing. So really it's a concept of two breweries that are doing great things, combining forces to have a shared space and a kind of a shared energy and concept and outlook on things. So it's really, I just, let's get into it. Let's tap into Fultron Brewing Company. We've got a good flow going already, right? <laughs> so, first time guest on the podcast I'm hearing. Ayla, I thought this was your, I thought you'd been on before, but she was bragging about all the other ones she was on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I happened? No, I, I don't remember. No, I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of make you feel bad because I feel bad because this <laughs> my, is your first time on, because uh, you're a badass. And we have been talking about this for a couple of years. We have. But, we you have. know, there's been circumstances. There have. There have. A couple of things happened over the last couple of years. But, yeah. uh, but here we are. We are at the Voltron Tap Room. And I hear right. that music. It's very, like, very zen. It very is. zen, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys do yoga in here? I know a lot of places do yoga. We don't here, but we yep. all sure. do yoga. Savannah says, yeah. Independently. We should. Yeah, yeah we should in the future. <laughs> Savannah's kind of got the soon. yoga hookup. So. Yeah, that's, that's right. Well, let's, let's meet everybody first. So let's, let's start with you. So what's your name and what is your role here? Sure. Hi, my name is Ayla Kapai. I'm the director of production and head brewer for Borderlands Brewing Company. And uh, yeah, of course, we um, share space in the Voltron Brewing Facility in Tucson. With this guy. Yeah, my name is Adam Marshall, and I'm the head brewer, the new head brewer to Firetruck, yeah. and really excited to be here. So so excited! It's a you know just a great place. It's great to work side by side with Ayla and Savannah and Gloria, our new shift brewer in training. Yeah. It's a fantastic space, dude. That's awesome. And you come with some. There's there's a high bar for you. Like uh, Beck from Town Under Black reached out, and like Adam is awesome. You're gonna get to meet him, and yeah, so. Are you nervous now? I'm a little nervous, yeah. <laughs> Not as nervous as Beck was. If Beck is listening to this, she was she might have been the most nervous guest I had. And she did great. Like she I yeah. don't know if you were there sitting at Crooked Tooth. We actually did it at Crooked Tooth. And she was super nervous. And then she did great. And I was like, see, that wasn't so bad, was it? She's like, that was horrible. She's like, that was one of the most <laughs> horrible things I've ever done. Uh, but but those, those guys are awesome. So you come with uh, some thumbs up, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, my name is Savannah Saldate, and I'm the lead brewer for Borderlands Brewing Company. Um, and Ayla and I run the production here at Voltron Brewing. Excellent. And you guys have both been a part of this beer scene here in Tucson for, for a bit now. We have. I mean, all three of us, right? Yeah. So um, Adam has extensive experience. Um, I've been brewing professionally in Tucson for six years. Um, Savannah has been um, doing everything from cold side fermentation handling to brewing um, for almost three years now. And uh, Adam, obviously, you have extensive experience as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Before I had this great opportunity to come over here and be the head brewer for Firetruck, I worked at Thunder Canyon for five years and uh, started out, you know, just uh, sweeping floors and doing, you know, the cellar work and moved my way up to head brewer. It was a great, great experience. I learned so much. I honestly can't thank Steve Tracy enough for giving me the opportunity to experiment with beers the way that I had the opportunity to experiment with them. Um, just, you know, going to craft brewers conferences and all the knowledge that was gained was huge and really set me up for, you know, a great launching point here at Voltron. Where are you from? I'm from Tucson. Are you really? I don't know. Like, I asked that because the way you said out, you almost had like a, a maybe Canada or Minnesota accent. Did you hear it too? Oh, I, uh, I definitely speak with all kinds of different accents on a regular basis. That's you should true. see when we're mountain biking too. There's like another accent that yeah. comes out and I just roll with it. It's like Gaelic or something like uh-huh. Scottish, like William Wallace style. Uh, so you grew up here? Yes. Okay. I did. And, and did you always want to be a brewer like ever since you were a kid? You know, no, I didn't, actually. I wanted to be a marine biologist when I was a kid, but brewing came to me kind of through marine biology, so to speak. I was down diving, you know, in Mexico, and uh, one of my good friends, Michael Honstein, introduced me to craft beer for the very first time, and he had some arrogant bastard ale and speakeasy double daddy, and at the time, I was not a craft drinker, and that was... Were you a drinker? Yes, but... Natty Light kind of style? Mm, maybe not quite that, but uh, <laughs> definitely Miller Light and Bud okay. Light. I, you got to redact that from this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're live. We're live right now. <laughs> so how did he, so those beers were the, like that transition into. Yeah, it was kind of the time period when those were what was available in terms of local AZ craft beer. There wasn't a whole lot at the time okay. and I was, you know, pretty young and didn't know didn't know the score yet but sure. <laughs> but those those brews from California were amazing and they were really kind of you know groundbreaking coming into this market and yeah. you know crazy big hop double IPAs I mean bitter was the way then yeah well how does it transition into like this is good to like I'm gonna make a career out of this right because that's well, that's a whole different ball game right yeah absolutely <laughs> so after you enjoy craft beer enough then oftentimes you decide that you want to start home brewing yeah. and in 2012 I started home brewing um, I also have a really good uh, buddy, T. Gembry, who's a fantastic home brewer, and he was like, yeah, you got to get into this, and as soon as we start doing all-grain home brews, like, we'll really start making waves. And anyway, I home brewed just a few times before I ended up being able to get the job at Thunder yeah. Canyon, which started this whole process in motion. Oh, yeah, and that's a, that's a cool spot, too. I've only been there a couple of times, um, but I feel like, I, did you speak there one time for uh, some, like, entrepreneur... Was this thing. the, uh, I did for BrewCon for Arizona. I was on a hazy IPA Maybe that's panel. what it was. I feel like I've seen you speak there once or twice. So you, I, that's, we're going back to the, <laughs> you've been on so many things. Where was it that I saw you, yeah. right? <laughs> so so how, what, what about you, Ayla? How did you, how did this career happen for you? Right, so I moved to Tucson eight years ago. Um, from? from? From Sacramento. Is that where you're born and raised? Where, where I was born and raised. Okay. Um, my undergrad was at UC Davis, uh, which is a school that's well known for fermentation sciences and viniculture. Okay. Um, sadly, I did not pursue a oh. master's in uh, or even an undergrad focus in um, either the, in that field. Um, however, I was, you know, kind of on the side just for fun going into these fermentation courses because I was uh, home brewing at the time already as an undergrad. Okay. And, um, let's just to it. save money or, to uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, just, you know, I, I really enjoy cooking, um, and food and 
drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and um, speaking you, my you, language, right? Yes. So you know, I, I think it's the same thing when you're a chef, right? You go somewhere, you taste something, and you're like, oh man, it really inspires you to um, cook something like that at home. Yeah. Um, so the same thing really kind of happened with uh, craft beer, and I think let's see when I, you know, the beer that first shifted my opinion about saying, oh. You know, I didn't know beer could taste like this. It was uh, dogfish heads, like nut brown, basically, or okay. some kind of caramely brown. And yeah. before that, gosh, I was probably drinking a crap beer. Crap. So, uh, <laughs> so um, you know, so you know, once I'd had it, I'm like, huh? Apparently, people brew this, and you know, and we started looking into the courses and things like that in it. But again, that was really just a hobby. Yeah. Um, I moved here to Tucson. Um, I was in a PhD program at the at the U of A, and you know, so really, I just thought. I'm going to be here for maybe four or five years and then travel wherever. Um, but, you know, I quickly realized that, you know, while I highly respect academics, um, I'm a person that's just not really cut out for a desk job okay. or uh, <laughs> academia in general. And, um, you know, I had, again, I'd been homebrewing for some time, but I kind of thought, you know what, I'm going to take a really big risk here. I'm going to leave this program and I'm going to try my hand in the craft beer industry. And, um, I was pretty fortunate the year that I decided to leave graduate school, a new brewery at the time, a public brew house was just opening Ah. and I went to them and begged them for a job, you know, and said (laughs) more than once. Was it, was it multiple visits? You know, it it, it was, (laughs) um, but it was in the first week that they're opening. And I basically said, you know, I'll wash cakes for free. I'll do whatever it takes just so I can learn how to brew commercially. And I'd even brought in my home brews and my recipes, which at this point now, I think if I were to taste some of those, I'd be pretty darn embarrassed, <laughs> pretty embarrassed. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, just like Adam and most of us in the industry, just worked my way up from washing kegs, scrubbing floors, working on the cold side, working in fermentation, uh, then brewing. And um, I was with Public for three years and then um, uh, was hired for uh, at Borderlands for the head brewing position, okay. you know, three years ago. So. And what a great spot Public was, right? Are it they was. Are they open any longer? They're I know not they were public, permanently closed okay. last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah. a great little spot. A it little, was. It was hard to find. You're like, how do you like go through this place and then yeah, in the back? Yeah, that's and right. And you know, I'm so grateful for that experience because I learned to brew on a two barrel system, which is really just a glorified homebrew sure. setup. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that's it was such a great way for me to really feel connected to the craft and truly understand what you're doing. Um, yeah. You know, so now that we brew on a 20 barrel system, obviously. Um, things are quite different. There's a lot of automation, but I have so much appreciation for um, really, you know, understanding what you're doing and, um, you know, how using different techniques makes such a difference, which sometimes that can kind of get lost in translation when you're working on a much larger scale. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's easy, though. You just multiply, right? Like, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are breweries that right up by us, front uh, porch, they make some great beers. Uh-huh. And when they got their new system, well, when they got the system to open the brewery, they they did their, like, you know, whatever, the blonde ale that they always made for their friends that people loved, but they didn't understand the efficiency of the system, so right. it became, like, a 7.5% blonde, Oof. but then it became a hit. It's their toasty blonde, so that's, like, their flagship, but it was a complete accident. Right on. Because it's not just multiplication, right? No. <laughs> it's just simple. No. Triple order, yeah. Uh, well, so it, the fermentation side of it, you were interested in fermentation before craft beer even came into the picture, which is... Um, yes, that's right. Um, you know, I'd always enjoyed, you know, at the time that I really started drinking craft beer, things like 
sours and barrel aged sours really weren't that popular. Yeah. Um, but I had already been drinking them from, they, they really weren't US ones. It was uh, Lambics from Belgium and things like that that had always sparked my interest. Yeah. Um, so I was very interested in focusing on barrel aging and kind of wild sour projects, uh, okay. which was something I was able to do a lot at public because of the small batch size yeah. there. So, um, yeah, and, you know, that's something Adam and I, Adam and I have talked about um, for Voltron, you know, to start introducing new styles and um, crafts that neither of our respective uh, brands are currently producing for the market. I dig that. Those yeah, wild absolutely. ales. Yes. I think that there's some places that are kind of playing with a little bit, right, that are getting on that train and i'm glad really. yeah definitely when i was over at thunder canyon we had a wild warehouse where we had we only got up to i think like 64 barrels okay but anyway it was a decent amount of production and we were able to you know have all kinds of amazing different secondary fermentations that we we got with you know yeast strains that we chose and we yeah. selected for their you know all their different amazing contributing facts that yeah that's exciting that's exciting to hear too well and w Savannah, how did you get into craft beer? Because that's a great transition, right? Crooked Tooth, <laughs> like you think of, that's where I met you, um, but where you were previously. And, I mean, if you think of the wildest shit out there, you think of Crooked Tooth, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good, definitely. The, the, the good side of wild, I, I should say. Yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah, so I'm a Tucson native. Um, I went to college here. I grew up here, went to high school, went to college here. Um, and I was pursuing a degree in social work, which is what I had wanted to do um, for as long as I can remember. Okay. Um, and then I think I just got antsy. I was getting bored. I was. Um, I ended up uh, moving to Michigan. To my brother was pursuing his uh, PhD there. Just so, to kind of get a change of scenery a little bit, yeah, shake things up, shake things up, <laughs> yeah. go see somewhere else. Um, yeah. I had never up and just moved by myself anywhere, so and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, How old were you? I was uh, 25. I think. Okay. Well, I asked because I moved here from Ohio at, at oh, 27, okay. right? So, so reverse. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I hear that a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, and greatest thing I've ever done too. So that's that's great to hear that for you too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I made I made my way back to Tucson, which I'm also grateful for. But while I was out there, um, I think everybody in the craft beer world knows that Michigan is just makes amazing beer. Yeah. I'm very partial to Michigan beer at this point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just got any job I could there. It happened to be bartending and I learned about craft beer. Um, and when I came back to Tucson, I ended up working for a bar, but bartending wasn't really what my passion was. Okay. I wanted to learn um, more back of house. So luckily Crooked Tooth um, had given me that opportunity to be part of like the full moon brews and um, I need to get a part to be a part of one of those. Yeah, no, I've heard they're, they're awesome. They're phenomenal. They're really amazing experiences. Um, and so I got to dabble in that a little bit. And then um, there was a coworker who had worked at Crooked Tooth and at Borderlands, and okay. she uh, had asked me if I was interested in working back house. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the rest is kind of history. I've been working at Borderlands since. Same story as everyone. I started washing kegs, cleaning the floors, yeah. cellaring. Um, Whatever you had to do, right? Yep, Whatever needed exactly. done. Just <laughs> yeah. work your way up, and here I am. Now, Tony said he didn't want to get on the mic, but at least say hi, Tony. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Tony is from Firetruck. Uh, so I, I just I love the team here. So, so as far as we're, who's brewing, right, it's you three, right, Savannah, Adam, Ayla. 
And someone in the back, you said that you're in training? Yeah, Gloria okay. is back there. She's actually transferring a beer right now. Yeah. But yeah, she's coming up. She's great. She's just taken to brewing so well and really yeah. learned stuff quickly. And I mean, I've only been here for a short period of time, but I'm very impressed with her beer knowledge for yeah. getting into the industry just recently. That's great. Well, and so how did Voltron happen, right? Because out of nowhere, it's just like, I don't say out of nowhere, but like Voltron is a pretty polarizing right name you're like what the hell Why are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right you're absolutely right yeah. um you know the history of it is really back in 2018 um you know we kind of made a call to kind of see what are other breweries doing are other breweries in a similar position that we are in which is we really are ready to increase production but we yeah. don't quite we're not able to do it in our current existing spot and uh, we saw that our friends at that time, Sentinel Peak Brewing Company um, had just acquired a new warehouse in 2018. Um, so Borderlands had talked to them and said, hey, you know, what if we turn this into a co-op type facility and, um, yeah, you know, be able to increase production on both sides and reap other benefits from it as well. So, you know, it's it, it was interesting because at the time when we were talking to our other colleagues and, and really asking other breweries, you know, who else is interested in a co-op type um, facility? Yeah we got a lot of mixed reviews, right? And, uh. and, and of course, a lot of even pushback, even myself, um, when I had started with Borderlands, was may maybe a little bit skeptical. I think um, all brewers and breweries will say, you know, we're all very particular about how we <laughs> how we do things, how we operate, okay. how, we, how we run our brew houses, our cellars. Sure. And that can be kind of nerve-wracking to share a space all of a sudden with, yeah. with, with, with another um, brewery. But, um, you know, it's been such... A wonderful opportunity. So, you know, so Firetruck and Borderlands have been producing at Voltron for the last two years, just maybe just over two years. Okay. Um, and, you know, aside from us both being able to expand our production, you know, one thing that I really love about Voltron is its diversity. So, you know, each of us have different skill sets. Yeah. We come from different backgrounds, we have different brewing experiences, and, you know, ultimately that's made each respective brand stronger. Sure. And it's and it's also helped us now, you know, develop our own uh, Voltron identity as yeah. well mm -hmm. for new beers. So, which is the goal, right? Which the, the goal is to to for not just like a oh that's a cool name for the building. Yeah, like this is Absol yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely right. Because and of course Voltron referring back to the '80s cartoon, right, yeah. where you know you're banding together and building something greater than yourself to basically, um, you know, defeat or like you know stand up against other you know enemies i guess yeah. so, 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 so <laughs> other to speak. forces uh, other forces, forces other yes, forces yes. you're exactly right <laughs> and um yeah uh so you know that that's it's really something that kind of started as a joke i think there was a file yeah. that was just briefly named voltron brewing voltron. when we were talking about the <laughs> yeah. co-op type idea yeah um and it just kind of uh took took on took off after that yeah yeah, yeah well that had had you guys had somebody seen that before to give them that idea or was it just like well why can't we share? Right? <laughs> that, right? Had you seen it before? Where uh, people no. share space so, like that? So to, um, from what I understand, Voltron is, um, I don't know about currently now, but it was definitely the first um, co-op facility, uh, brewing production facility to be opened in the state of Arizona. Okay. Um, so okay. it really was nothing that we had seen before. Um, I'm not sure if maybe in the last year or so there's been other um, similar co-ops, but, you know, I will say, especially 
business-wise, you know, after slash during this pandemic, um, it's really just made so much sense, right? Yeah. Um, you know, to share different resources and and and, and really that the spirit of the Voltron cartoon is true, right? Like we're all still uh, small businesses, no yeah. matter how many barrels you produce in the state. If you're craft, you're still kind of a small business. Yeah. So you know, it really makes sense to to band together and use joint resources to acquire and do things that we normally wouldn't have been able to do on our own independently. Um, So for example, we purchased a canning line um, just over a year ago. Both uh, companies were uh, previously using a mobile canning company. Um, And of course, it just made sense that, hey, you know, now we can purchase a canning line. We can do all these other things that will really help increase our production and our our branding all throughout the state. Um, And that's really been the case. Both companies have really... um, Increased probably about 30%, um, especially before COVID, um, just because we've been able to share this facility. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, just in the nature of things, half the time the equipment's going to be sitting there, right? And somebody else can use it in that in that turn. Do you guys, is there, like, sharing? Like, I have two daughters, right? You know, do you guys, like, no, those are migraines. It's, how, do you, how, do you, how do you figure that out? Well, I mean, I came into this not knowing exactly how the sharing was going to work out okay. or how separate <laughs> or together we all were going to be. And yeah. I come to find out that, yes, there is a ton of camaraderie and cooperative uh, you know, work that goes on here. I mean, we, we work side by side. We're all you know, just feet away from each other. Um, we can you know, share chemical buying power. We can share grain buying power. We can share can supply buying power. And all of those, all of those things mixed together just you know, drive costs down for us because we can buy in larger quantities, saving us money, making our product go to shelves with, you know, less cost behind it. Yeah. And yeah, and just as, as a Voltron family here, it's, you know, fantastic. I mean, everybody operates and works together so fluidly. It's, it's a, just a great place to work. I'm so, so stoked to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. You got a good one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, and, and it's, I mean, it's a good space back there that's that's pretty bad i haven't been back there i have to t- change on my flip-flops probably right yeah that's okay we'll just give you some safety glasses i have an extra pair of boots it's i do a, i have shoes in my car for a situation it's a four and a like half this. in yeah. men's though so i don't know if it fit but uh there's, yeah. there's <laughs> but, probably something back there that'll yeah work. Yeah. yeah okay exactly. cool uh well so i, I want to backtrack a little bit uh you you talked about the beer that you uh in savannah had had spearheaded i, I want to talk about that a little bit more uh yeah when when was that Sure. So um, you're referring to the Las Hermanas project, um, which is something that we developed. Oh, gosh, it's it's hard to mark time with COVID. I'm like, before COVID, after COVID, um, that was December, just before COVID. So December 2019. And, the uh, fact that you remember the month, I usually, I struggle with the year. <laughs> like, what year was it? <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because, uh, you know, we wanted this January release, but we thought, but we, but we knew, oh, okay, it has to be done in December. But this was a collaboration um, um, between Arizona and the state of, and, and Mexico. And uh, it was an all-female binational brew. So, so basically the way the project um, started is, um, we were approached by um, a wonderful female head brewer, um, Sandra Navarro, in Monterrey, in Mexico. Yeah. And she had said, hey, I recently read an article about women who brew in southern Arizona. And I didn't know there were other women, female head brewers and women working in production. We should get together. Yeah. And, um, you know, so for months, 
we basically said, hey, let's brew a beer. Let's brew the same style. Of course, it was a juicy, hazy IPA. Yeah. And um, <laughs> let's brew on both sides of the border. Let's get all of the ingredients donated and then donate the proceeds in return. And that's exactly what we did. So um, we flew down to Monterrey um, first and we brewed there. Um, about two weeks later, everyone flew here. So this is why I remember it's December. Okay. Um, because <laughs> when, before we said, we're going to release this in January of 2020. Well, that means you have to brew in December and uh, it's around Christmas time and tickets are kind of expensive yeah, <laughs> for yes. flights. <laughs> yeah. So we were kind of scrambling around that. But um, And then on the Tucson side, uh, we hosted women from Mexico, other women and s- from Southern Arizona yeah. as well um, at this facility at Voltron and um, had a wonderful multinational release. I'm so grateful that we were able to release it before COVID. Um, and it was, yeah, just yeah. fantastic. Um, you know, the, the goal and the purpose, like with any... Uh, female brew really is just to, you know, I, I think just reflect how the craft beer industry is changing, right? It's um, fortunately there are a lot of women who are becoming increasingly involved in back of house production um, and in craft in general. Uh, as it stands, there's still um, proportionally very few women who take lead or head brewing positions um, okay. with, with, with breweries. So, you know, that's kind of just the idea around those projects is just to, you know, kind of say, hey, we're here. And, um, you know, the goal was also to highlight the Me- Mexico's craft beer industry, which, yeah. you know, was actually something that I was pretty ignorant to. Um, I really had no idea. In my head, I thought, oh, Mexican craft beer? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it tastes like. So I think Savannah and I can both say we were blown away um, yeah. through by all the craft breweries um, we, we, we had visited all throughout Mexico. And um, their products are just fantastic. Um, but yeah, so that's, you know, Savannah and I both, you know, we both come from a social work background. Yeah. So it's, it's been amazing to take kind of, I think some of our core values and then translate that into beer and also use our business with power and say, you know what, we create a product, we can make statements, we have an impact on our community and our state and what do we want to do? So, you know, we always say that we brew beers for a purpose. And, um, and kind of like as Adam alluded to, you know, he's got Gloria uh, working with him and learning how to brew. Um, I guess what that really means here is uh, three quarters of the brewers here are That's, women. I noticed that. I noticed that. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm the only dude here, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. It's awesome. I tell you what, I, I, get, I get along better with women than I do dudes. Like, I, I can fit in with a group of women better than I can a group of dudes. Like, that's, you know, my sister, my mom, grandma always grown up, so. Yeah, you're in I, good was, space, I was man. raised by, you know, around tons of women, so yeah. I'm very accustomed to it. Too. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I was going to say, so, I mean, that's a big thing going on right now in craft beer, right? And and it's, I mean, a lot of stuff is major, major things are, are coming out, right? And um, for, I, I think for for dudes like you and I, because we're, we're similar, right, uh, in, in that aspect, uh, it's almost kind of like, I don't ever see stuff, you know, I don't, I don't witness things that I'm aware of. Um, but then also my experience is completely skewed too, right? I mean, in the position I'm in as podcast, everybody's on their best behavior, right? Always <laughs> it's before things are, oh, so, so that's a, that's a huge thing right now, right? That, that movement. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you know, so it's uh, twofold really, you know, one, of course there's, um, a big movement going on right now about addressing sexual harassment in the craft beer industry, mm-hmm. um, which is something that uh, we've actively been talking about, um, even here at Voltron. Um, 
we so uh, the Pink Boot Society is an international nonprofit that supports women in the beer industry, and um, they're a big thought leader uh, for us, of course. And uh, currently, as it stands, Tucson does not have a chapter, but that is something that Savannah and I are working on uh, developing actually in the next month. Nice. Um, so, uh, but you know, so of course that, and then th- there, there's a, other subtleties too as well, right? It's not just limited to um, gendering you know, w- what's going on with women specifically, but also highlighting minorities in the industry too, right? Sure. There's all these um, different nuances there. Um, but I think, you know, on another podcast, I think Savannah and I can spend some time probably for an hour just talking about different experiences I think that we've had uh, in the industry, everything from, you know, really just maybe uh, um, anything from folks coming in. And, you know, the first thing they'll say is like, they'll walk up to Savannah and I and they're like, where's your brewer? Where's your head brewer? I need uh, to see him. He needs to get unload this from the truck. I've got a grain delivery. Yeah. And so I just say, okay, well, sir, please move out of the way <laughs> right. so I can get on the forklift <laughs> yeah. and take that down for you. Yeah. And uh, things from we've heard things like, oh, no, 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 don't move that. We don't want you to break a nail or especially, uh, yeah. especially um, at conferences or, you know, different events. They assume we're uh, the sales reps. Right. For, for, there's for, no way for, you could be back there. So, yeah, like, there, there, yeah. There, there, there's no way. Yeah. There, there's absolutely no way. Um, and, you know, even previously with uh, past uh, male partners, um, if we worked at different events, it was just always assumed they would uh, talk to him first and say, oh, this must be your company. You must be the brewer. It must be this. And, yeah. Um, but all kinds of things going on. And, um, yeah, but we're, we're really grateful for at least starting to spark that conversation of the movement that's going on yeah. right now for women. And, um, and you know, it's something that even, you know, Savannah and Gloria and I have talked about, which is we're not here to point the finger necessarily and say this is a gender divide yeah. between, you know, men and women, for example. But there's other what's more important about this is we don't just have to focus on the overt acts that we know are not right. Yeah. Um, but also, how do even we as women, as minorities, um, play into reinforcing stereotypes that create Mm. culture. So, for example, that can be something as simple as when we're working together in the warehouse, um, how do we use language? You know, are we joking around about something that really just perpetuates stereotypes that makes it seem okay for things like overt acts of sexual harassment and things like that to happen? And and not even not overt. It could be subtle, you know, things like that. So, um, you know, it's been a great opportunity just for everyone to really check themselves and because I think everyone has a role to play. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And do you think that that is, over the trend of since you've been in the industry, do you feel that it's, is there a trajectory where it's it's getting better slowly? Do you think things are getting worse? Or do you think think that more and more people are kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, you know, I think absolutely overall, the progress trend is upwards, but okay. right when you're really, I think like with any social movement, when you're really creating change and sparking that, it looks very bumpy, sure. right? Like that's why all of a sudden all of the, um, people are coming out about sharing their stories and um, playing videos and things like that just to you know, show people what's going on. And in the moment during those fires, I think it looks like um, maybe things are getting worse, but really what it is is that we just weren't talking about it before. Uh, sure. And Someone so picked up the rug. Yeah. yeah right? it, like, it, oh, shit, all that was under there? Exactly what? right. I yeah. mean, think back to any other social justice movement, right, especially over the last um, 
you know, uh, century. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's really what we're seeing. And the most important thing is that, you know, we're having these conversations and breweries and all businesses are, you know, being smarter and more aware of our different roles and, you know, what we can do to um, make sure that we, you know, provide a good environment for, for everyone. Yeah. And inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. There's so many facets that maybe that's what Voltron is. Maybe not necessarily companies or its principles built on top of each other, right? To make this beautiful machine. Yeah. yeah. I don't say machine. That's not <laughs> bad. Yeah. I mean, we, we do work that's with a lot of machinery. A lot that sounds like Terminator stuff, like end of the world. Like, whoa, what? we don't want to do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, but that's absolutely right. And that's something that Adam and I have been talking about is, um, you know, he, it, we just recently acquired him. I'm so excited for him to be here. Um, and, you know, basically our role is now we get to create Voltron into whatever it is that we want to do. And yeah. a, again, we have different backgrounds. We have different palettes. We have different skill sets for the beers that we are good at producing. So, yeah. you know, I think the hope is really we can, um, you know, create beers that so that when people come in, um, they can distinctly taste, they can tell this is a collaboration beer because yeah. there are these two artists working on it and like that's that. kind of what they taste. So Yeah, and they probably won't parallel either brand, you know. Sure. Exactly. They'll be completely unique and you know, a great reason to come down to the Voltron tap room. Yeah. Which is a beautiful tap room by the way. This is a big space. Like this is this is nice. What's this, what's do you know the square footage? You're a numbers person. You yeah, are, aren't the, you? The, the, the total square footage of our facility is uh, almost eight thousand okay. uh, square feet. Okay, and you've got I mean, how many taps do you have up there? Looks like Gosh. there's like fifteen right now. I think we have twenty. 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 Yeah. Nice. Adam yeah. knows he had to clean the lines the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> so Adam, for you, so for you to come into this brand uh, and, and specifically Fire Truck, like coming into this, you know, this is a uh, you know established Tucson brewery, uh, got the rebrand and, and I love, I, lo I mean, I, you know, I loved the central Sentinel peak side of it, but also like the fire truck side. Like it's, it brings a, it's a, it's a direct message. Yeah, right? it Speaking is. To. It really allows us to align with, you know, uh, with our base and, and, you know, make sure that we're letting everybody know that this is, you know, a firefighter owned company yeah. and they're out there, you know, doing amazing work, saving lives. And we're here brewing beer to, you know, aid in everybody's, you know, after work plans, hopefully. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but along with that, I also, I want to bring a lot of increased quality to the game. Um, you know, the beers were good before, but we're going to make them great now. And yeah. we're going to dial up the recipes just a little bit differently. And uh, I think we're going to execute a little better. There's already a hazy beer in, that, uh, in a fermenter back there that's going to be the new hotshot hazy Ooh. that is absolutely out of this world, I would say. So nice. you must try it. I will. I will. It's a pure <laughs> juice bomb. Ooh, I'm in nice. love. Uh -huh. So just some tweaks to the, to the hotshot. So it was an overhaul on that overhaul. one. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Overhaul. <laughs> I can't wait to taste it. Yeah. Uh, no, that's great. It, and I mean, it, 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 this guy, how can you not love this guy, right? I mean, that excitement that you, immediately about the, you know, that focus on that specific community. I think, and I mean, right now we're seeing, right, over the last week or so with all the fires, you're seeing like, man, like, I don't want to walk to my mailbox, right? Then there are people that are going into the fire right i want to go to my yeah. mailbox because it's too hot and they're like driving to the fires and i think it's a great way for a brand to represent you know and what about so let me ask about borderlands what's the what's the future look like for borderlands yeah well we have some uh we have some projects under wraps uh here hold on, on, I'll, on I'll pause it yeah 
<laughs> on the okay, next good. on the next one, I'll be able to share uh, okay. what, what, what we're doing with that. Nice. Um, so, but definitely a lot of expansion. Okay. Um, yeah. So I can definitely say that. And um, you know, like Savannah had said, it's really has just been the two of us for the last couple of years who have been brewing all of the Borderlands beer and yeah. cellaring and doing all the kegging and all of that. And so, um, as production has increased, you know, who knows, we might be looking for someone else to join our crew. Oh, yeah, we'll see. Look at that. We'll see. I don't Do know. I get a referral maybe. fee if they listen to this episode? <laughs> yeah, <now>? maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> I'll release it when you need a brewer, then we can, you <laughs> right. know, uh, we can match that up. Right, exactly right. <laughs> um, but, you know, Borderlands, uh, you know, I, I came in, both Savannah and I came in at such a unique period. Borderlands just celebrated their 10 year anniversary. Hell and yeah. Uh, yeah, which is great. And, you know, when you really look at the Borderlands history, the landscape has changed. Um, really done a, a, a 180 there sure. so you know borderlands first opened with uh, two original owners um uh and you know of course they were home brewers opened the brewery and you know down the road things just really changed so three years ago when i was hired uh we also acquired a new ceo s tehran and um you know we really all came together and said you know it's great that borderlands has you know had a relatively good reputation, which actually, you know, a little bit of that was mixed. I will say when I first moved to Tucson eight years ago, I only ever went to the Borderlands Tap Room once okay. and uh, did not go back for several years until um, uh, Landon Swanson, uh, who's now at Pueblo Vita, was brewing there okay. um, because there was just a lot of inconsistency with, with the beers and unfortunately just um, a, a couple issues going on. Yeah. And, um, you know, for a company, especially at this day and age, we have so many options of fantastic craft beer, right? I don't want to say that there's saturation in the market. There's definitely, folks have a lot of options to choose from. Sure. And that was very different, um, you know, 10 years ago. So, you know, three years ago, we decided, hey, you know what? We're going to give Borderlands maybe, it's going to be Borderlands 2.0. And this is the opportunity for us to take this company that at the time was, um, the brand was becoming a little sleepy okay. and said, you know, let's let's change that and, and, and turn it around. And so now, like, of course, present day, you look at the face of Borderlands and it's completely different. Um, I'm proud to say, you know, obviously our, all of our beer is um, all uh, female brewed. Um, all of our management staff, everyone in leadership positions, I don't know, it just kind of so happens that, you know, everyone speaks another language. Um, and I think our staff in general and the Borderlands Tap Room is just, it's really representative of Tucson okay. um, as, yeah. a, as a community. And um, I think oftentimes you don't really see that in craft beer um, in, in general. But um, yeah, so now, you know, I think, I don't know the last time you've been to the Borderlands Tap Room, but we've really done wonders with the outdoor patio space. Yeah. Uh, we have fantastic live music um, a couple days a week especially on the weekends and um, we now have 30 taps there so wow, um, we've got nice. a lot of different beers out yeah exactly and the vibe is um, it's really shaken up and I think it's been really really relevant uh, we really focus on supporting local folks in our community that's local artists um, you know m musicians and of course artists who's um, uh, you know, artwork that we have at Borderlands, yeah. and um, and I really feel now it's just very much a community-oriented space, yeah. um, but also kind of fun. I don't know. For me, I I turn in early. I go to bed at you know maybe <laughs> nine thirty, and at at some point at Borderlands, it gets a little 
too hip for me. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, and, and all like a younger crowd and a cool crowd comes out and I go, well, that's my cue. I guess I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going. But, that's uh, the brewer's life though, right? You're not, <laughs> yeah, brewers right. aren't waking up going and start brewing at 11, right? You can't, right. you're not, it's a different world. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah. right. So it's just been, you know, really wonderful to see this revitalization in the Borderlands brand yeah. um, and really just celebrate who we are as a company and brew beers that we believe in and um yeah it's just been wonderful well i think th- i think uh i'll say borderlands does a really great job of and you were talking about this earlier is is um the values of the people that are part of it is something that creates the brand itself right it, it actually creates like an, an entity around it. It, it you know in a good way i guess i don't know if that's the best way to describe it but um the brand is so unique, and you see the, the events and stuff that you guys have in that, that area, and it's, it's awesome. It's really cool. And, and the, some of the speakers you guys had, at least pre-COVID, uh, you know, you're having, like, professors come in and talk about fermentation, right, right. where there are people that love, you know? It, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, we, we really celebrate collaboration, which is one reason, again, why I'm so grateful to be here at Voltron and have this opportunity because, um, you know, we love – working with our friends and with our colleagues and you know I think what's really fortunate about the craft beer industry um, compared to other industries for example wine is that you know there's sure from a business standpoint there might be a little bit of competition because business is business at the end of the day but um, in general the craft industry is very collaborative Um, so it's really exciting for us to you know of course go in on Voltron and um, brew beers with other brewers and um, you know there's really enough room for all of us we have unique styles of brewing and palates and um, yeah it's just been yeah I love it I love it anything else you guys want to add before anything else that I don't want to put you on this yeah I was gonna ask about uh, fire truck events. I know you're the brewer and you're, you're get- you know, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of new to all of this yeah, and yeah. I don't know about all of the events yet, but I do know that, you know, like we have our Oral Valley location, we have okay. our East side Tanker Verde location yeah. and we have, you know, the tried and true Midtown, which has been around since the beginning. That was the original spot. Yeah. And we have a lot of really cool stuff coming down the line, not just in terms of beer, okay. um, but we're going to be opening a new place, which I can't talk about. I don't know if I can talk about it, but it's going to be really cool. <laughs> keep your, keep, keep, you know, your ears, and eyes peeled for this cool new stuff that's coming down the road from us because there's nice. some definite, definite new things coming. You guys are leaving some cliffhangers, both of you, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> that's because really we just want podcast part two. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. all right. Hey, I'm in. I'm in. We'll make this a whole series if you guys want. Uh, but no, thank you guys all for joining. Absolutely, just you know, like I said, I love just the vibe, the feel of, of what you guys are doing, and and you know, the product speaks for itself. And yeah. I have to try some product, actually. Yeah, you need to, definitely. Yeah, I have to put on shoes first. Take these flip-flops Yeah, it's too bad. We have no fun in craft beer. I know. It is (laughs) horrible. (laughs) It is is a horrible thing. That's one thing I always tell folks. I'm like, where else can you go to a professional conference and everyone sitting around the table is cracking open a great beer? Yeah. We're pretty lucky. Right, and if you weren't, like, they would be looking at you weird, right? (laughs) Like, what is wrong with it? Like, (laughs) like, that would be me at a real estate, like, conference crack a beer up. Like, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. He knows what he's doing is what he's doing. <laughs> exactly right. Well, thank you so much. This has been such yeah. a pleasure. And obviously, it's been a while that we've been wanting to do this. I know. So a couple really of really years. A couple Eric. years. Yeah. And, and, and not, we're not going to have a gap like that again. We're going to. No. I, I threw out to Matt um, an idea of a tap that Voltron collaboration. So. Heck yeah. We'll I love that, that idea. Yeah. 
All right, cool. Yeah, We're open. One thing I wanted to bring up was our... Uh, oh, is he voting against me? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one thing I wanted to bring up was to mention our uh, hero support. Okay. And basically, we have a beer that 25% of all of our proceeds go for the uh, local firefighters, police officers, and so forth to buy them e- equipment that they need. Okay. So 25% of all proceeds from the hero dunkle okay. actually goes towards that. So if oh. you want to come in and have a hero dunkle, you'll be supporting your local first responders excellent i think i saw the hero dunkle did you guys put some cans up in the phoenix area there are there's some 19.2 cans up in the phoenix area yes yeah Yeah. sprouts and a few other locations tapping uh yeah total wine sprouts i think that's where where i saw it yeah excellent well guys keep up the good work absolutely and yes i will definitely be down anytime you guys invite me so awesome thank you so much (laughs) thank Thank you so much much, eric awesome thanks guys